following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. finally found time for another episode of Space 1999. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. So, uh, what happened in this particular episode? Well, the title was called A.B. Chrysalis. Chrysalis? You mean like like butterflies or something? Yeah, you know, like moths and butterflies, they form a cocoon, and then, uh, they, you know, they, they were worms originally, and then they get in those cocoons, and then they come out as uh, a beautiful butterfly. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so much of the case of the moth. Yeah, I, I mean, some people might find a few of them pretty. You know that one from the Science of the Lab with that skull on it? Oh, that's creepy looking. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the premise here. Uh, somewhat. Uh, you know, the moon's traveling along. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, I know, but what are you going to do? And uh, there's these eruptions uh, hitting uh, the base, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, they have a scene where they're like, oh, no, brace for impact. And so they do a bunch of maneuvers. They launch a bunch of people in the uh, the, the Eagles. And what do they do that for? I, I guess they were keeping people safe, but I didn't see a whole lot of people other than the pilots in them. But they had the whole fleet out and uh, well maybe just to keep it keep the shuttle safe so they wouldn't be destroyed that's true that's probably what they were doing you're probably right there yeah yeah i want to isolate that where you say i'm right yeah okay so anyway uh so they do that they get them all out there and then the base gets hit by this blast and uh, in some instances <laughs> their crash positions <laughs> was just to lay on the floor and yet there was all this stuff that could fall off and it did and it it just dumb luck it didn't hit them <laughs> my goodness that's stupid yeah yeah it kind of is but um oh well why didn't they like go into an empty hall where there's less likely to be anything that would hurt them with the shaking and tremors and whatnot i don't know lefty they just didn't think of it oh my goodness so anyway uh so the eruptions are coming from this mysterious planet there's always a mysterious planet well, yeah, they're traveling into these unknown areas to them, so every planet they come to will be somewhat my mysterious, because they've never been to it before. All right, okay, fine, be that way. What? That, you know. Anyway, uh, they decide, hey, we better investigate this thing. Oh, yeah. So they do, and they go there, and uh, there's some civilization there. And uh, because the the eruptions seem to be happening at certain intervals, they deduce that this is there's some intelligence behind it. That's not necessarily a, a, a you know a conclusion you should automatically make on that. Yeah, but it's a show, so they do. Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, they go in there, and there's well, there's all these talking balls. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, look, it was somewhat limited. By the you know the, a lot of the production quality of Space 1999 for its time looks really impressive, but as as time went on, you know the, there wasn't a lot of money left, and so the sets uh, start looking cheaper and cheaper. But for what it is, and it's an alien world, I always come back to this. You sure do. We've never been to an alien world, so who's to say what it would look like? Well, okay, so. 
So there's these bouncing talking balls. <laughs> oh my god. What? Well, look, it's uh, an alien technology and uh, a superior and whatnot. And so there's this intelligent uh, ball that bounces around, jumps from one little pedestal to another. Uh, and it's just, they're all this uh, a computer. There's like an AI system running there, watching over their populace. And uh, Koenig says, hey, look, I need to talk to someone in charge. Is I can't. Why not? Uh, because they haven't been born yet. And they're like, huh? What? Well, actually, he misspoke. But he's a computer. Yeah, well, he meant reborn. Oh. So what? They're going... They're becoming Bardigate Christians or something? No, no. They, uh, they've developed a, a means of, of rejuvenation. So when they get too old and decrepit, they go into their cocoons. And when they come out, they're, you know, beautiful and young again. Oh. Beautiful, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, we get some glimpse of that later on in the show. So uh, they're in the midst of their cocoons, so they're unable to uh, 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 make appointments at the moment, so they're having all the calls held. <laughs> but uh, Koenig says, hey, our moon's going to be destroyed by your eruptions. And so apparently the eruptions are a defense mechanism while they're uh, in hibernation, you know, in case there's any hostile actors. Uh, so Koenig is trying to work out some kind of deal in the hopes, that, hey, could you stop trying to kill us? <laughs> and uh, they decide, oh, there's one left who's like the guardian. And he's the last one to go into the cocoon. We might could talk to him. So they go, but he's already getting ready to be put into the cocoon. And there's this old dude laying in the little coffin looking thing <laughs> oh my god it's about to be if they don't hurry up and put him in that cocoon yeah and uh the computer tries to communicate with him and they say he can hear you so koenig asks him for help and the computer says well he's not making any sense he's too senile <laughs> oh my god that's now what are they gonna do well, they, the computer says, we just got to stick him in the cocoon. I'm sorry, uh, no one can talk to you. And so the pilot guy, Alan, he freaks out says, no, we, we have to talk to him. And the, the chamber for the cocoon opens up and it's chlorine gas. Oh, my God. That'll make your lungs bleed. You drown on your own fluids. Yeah, but apparently here it took a while. What? Well, Alan it was determined to uh, break the guy out of the coffin so they could talk to him. And, uh, well, that didn't work out. The chlorine gas comes out. And Koenig and Maya managed to escape, but then the door shuts behind them and Alan is stuck in there. So they killed off Alan? You would think, but no. Uh, Maya turns into a monster that breathes chlorine gas. What? Well, she can do that. It takes her a while because she can't quite remember what it looked like, but then once she's dead, she turns into it. And she goes in there, gets Alan out, and apparently, well, he just suffered a few little burns here and there. But he was fine. I don't think it works that way. I mean, you get a, quite a few gulps of, of, of that, especially in, in a closed room like that. I, boy, that's going to, that's not, that's going to, he's not going to survive that. Well, he did. And uh, I don't know, I guess lungs in the future are far superior to the ones we have now. But they're from 1999. Oh, yeah. Well, they're from 1999 in an alternate timeline. Oh, please. Well, it's the only way it works. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, uh, Koenig's like, ah, oh, damn, now what do we do? 
so then the computer tells them, hey, guess what? Uh, two of our people have, have woken up, and they're rejuvenated and everything, and they're ready to talk to you. So he's like, oh, what luck. So he goes in there, and they turn out to be two hot, smoking hot, naked girls. What? On television? Well, when I say smoking, there was a lot of that chlorine gas green smoke floating around, so you really couldn't get a good look at them. But occasionally you did, and they're pretty hot. Oh, well, that's just exploitation. Sure is. So, one of the girls already has the hots for Cody. Oh, come on. Well, that's what she said. And the other one, eh, she didn't care for him, wasn't, his, wasn't her type or whatever. And he's asking them for help or whatever. And the, the one that has the hots for him says, hey, you and your crew can stay here. I'd be fine with that. And then me and you can be lovers. Oh, my God. Pretty forward. Yeah. Well, they're advanced or something. And... Uh, the other girl says, nah, forget it. We're not helping you out. I don't think that's right. We need our defense system or whatever. And then they say, hey, look, another one's waking up. But he was either the rejuvenated form of the Guardian or he was the brother of the Guardian or something like that. So I already had an axe to grind because they almost killed him trying to rip him out of his little cocoon coffin or whatever. And so the guy comes up and says, hey, look, buddy, forget it. Uh, you know, we're not going to help you. And you're obviously a primitive and violent species or some such. But then uh, Koenig says, well, uh, hope is better than logic and and something. Friendship's better than, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he gives them a speech like that. Well, this wins them over. Uh, they decide to head back home and they're telling us, pointless, you're not going to, you're too far away from the base to make it back. And he says, well, I'm still going anyway because, you know, if I can't save my people, then I want to perish with them. Something along those lines. And they go back. And so uh, the naked people decide to limit the uh, intensity of the eruptions, and it just pushes the eagle fast enough to get back to the moon and did minor damage to them, so they escape. And there you go. So that's all they had to do was just kind of limit it to get them home and then they could go back to, to business as usual? Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's really stupid. I suppose they're supposed to be these superior beings, and yet they're just like, hey, not going to help you, buddy, because we don't like you and stuff. And uh, stop looking at us naked. And, uh, I mean, that's just that's just stupid. They're supposed to be more advanced and whatnot, yet a simple emotional speech just wins them over. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's what, it, what they did. Ah. Well, so they made it back safe and everything. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Helena Russell said, hey, I heard you were looking at naked girls. And he was like, well, yep. And then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all right, I guess. I mean, it wasn't much to it. But, uh, you know, they had to make a show. And, uh, well, they did. Yeah, they did. At least it was a show that had balls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it did. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Say, what you wearing there, boy? Hey, oh, this is my Bubba Stargon t-shirt. Bubba Stargon? Oh, man, is that all the characters? Is that little Mr. Spot? It sure is. Oh, man, where can I get one? <laughs> you gotta head over to the Mr. Nelson store. Mr. Nelson store? Where are they? 
Oh, you got to head over to Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com, and look up the Mr. Nelson store. Yeah, M-R-N-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> it's just that simple. Oh, man, I'm going to get on that and get me a Bubba Star concert. Yeah, you'll be the envy of your friends. Yeah, except you're the only one friend I got. Well... Uh, you'll make more with a cool shirt like it. Oh, yeah! That's right, friends. Head over to the Mr. Nelson store at Zezzle.com where you can get your Bubba Stargon shirt and other great Mr. Nelson products. All right, all right. Now we're inside, Billy. Yes, Sam. Okay, Papa. Uh, which direction do we go? Checking that now, Billy. And uh, all right, let's let's turn left down this hall here. Oh, what uh, now? It, uh, oh, no. It sounds like an air raid alarm. Prisoners, halt! You are in a restricted area. Prisoners? What the devil? Oh, no, Papa. I, I just noticed on our pockets are numbers. I don't think these are custodial uniforms. I think they're inmate uniforms. What? Oh, now you notice. Oh, I'm sorry, Papa, but I was just so distracted by the silliness of that man's panties. Oh, dear me. Don't tell me we're undone by some troublesome fool's underwear. Quickly, Russell, quickly! She should be in that chamber down the hole. Wait, 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 there's a guard there. I'll soon take care of that. Well, yeah, oh, man. Now, quickly, the key card goes in there. Shut open the door. All right. Whoa, whoa! Man, she's so out of it. God, what did they do to her? What do you think? They probably tortured her. Well, yeah, I just uh, wasn't going to say it out loud. What? Cliff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cliff, what's going on? Take it down? easy, Lola. Take it easy. We're, we're, we're going to get you out of here. Well, do make haste, Russell. Yeah, well, <laughs> how do you get her out of this contraption? No, don't you get out of the way, damn it. Let's see here. Where's the control? Right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. This sequence should there. That I should unlock her from the shackles. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it easy, Lola. Here, just just lean on me. There you go. There quickly, you go. quickly. Damn it, Reckon. Poor girl's been through hell. Give us a minute. I don't think we have a minute to give, Russell. We may only have mere seconds before this entire city is atomized. The whole city atomized? You mean... You mean this is going to be a nuclear strike? Yes, the Imperial Trojan military is far superior to that of the Atlanteans. Their only real shot at blunting their invasion is to vaporize their capital city of Troy. I should know. Well, I helped them develop the plan. <laughs> well, anyway, let's make haste. We don't have much longer to go. We have to get in position in order for the teleportation to kick in accurately and deliver us to the tower. All right. Where, where do you want us? Uh, right here in the most open of spaces here in the, in the room. This should do rather nicely. All right. I'm making contact with the signal. Get ready for the jump. Lola, what? Oh no! Can't Ricky? No, it's Baron's brat. Where in blazes did she come from? Oh no, Cleve! What is wrong with Lola? 
Uh, well, Biddy, she's been through quite the ordeal, but uh, we just need to get her the hell out of here. Betty, what's good? That's exactly what we're going to do. I've made contact. Stand by. Here we go. No, no, Ricky. What is it? What the hell? No, keep back, you little idiot. You'll ruin everything. No, don't. No. No, Biddy. She's gone. All of them are gone. Pan van. Got to get back to the pan van. Prisoner. Halt! What? Stand Don't where do you are and do not move! This is ridiculous! You're going to bother with this now? Can't you hear what's happening? Hear what's this. about to? Now hear this! This is not a drill! We are under imminent atomic attack! Ooh. Seek your Ooh. nearest Ooh. shelter! Ooh. 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 Now hear this! Now hear this! Um. Finally, stupid idiot wasting my time. I got to get to the fan. Got to, got to before it's too late. Otherwise, I'll never find Betty. Oh, Jet. Oh, get the exit. There we are, there we are, there we are. Go, go, do get out of the way. Oh, don't There it is. Oh, the key! Let's get inside and before it's too late. Come on, girl! Hurry, hurry, hurry! Oh, 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 oh God! No! Taken from a neighbor's surveillance system shows an individual attempting to peek into windows during the early morning hours. If the time stamp on the video is accurate, the incident would have occurred just after 3 a.m. Well, that sounds about right. About the right time for someone to go creeping and peeping. Alan Israel says he has filed a police report and uh, said that he has never seen anything like this in his usually quiet neighborhood. Israel and his family make their home on Linda Drive in Westlake, Louisiana, and the video of the voyeur was brought to his attention by his neighbor. In the video, you can see an individual walk up to one of the windows in the Israel home. 
He peers in and then moves further down to look into another window. Israel said he was particularly distressed because the intruder appeared to be looking into the windows of his children's bedrooms. Westlake police plan to increase patrols in the area near Israel's home. They also caution all homeowners to be vigilant against intruders by making sure that all doors and windows are locked. Well, you should be doing that all the time. You can't trust nothing out there. There ain't nothing but monsters everywhere you look. And the most dangerous are the ones that look normal. You know what that is. Anyway, if you have a security system, make sure it is armed and be sure to check your cameras from time to time. Yeah, you have a shotgun ready to blow that motherfucker's head plumb off. I mean, goddamn, we ain't got no use for pieces of shit staring into little kids' bedroom windows. There ain't no call for that. There ain't nothing good gonna come out of it, neither. The only way to solve that once again, shotgun to the head. Anyway, according to experts, the top four adjustments you can make to your home to avoid unwanted visitors peering into your windows are install security cameras and post signs that cameras are monitoring your property. So if they can read, they'll think, uh-oh, my face might be caught when I'm sitting here peeping and creeping. They might think twice about it. Number two, install curtains or blinds that completely block your windows. Yeah, I get what you're saying there, but I don't want that sack of shit even touching my property, not even at the mailbox or the driveway. So, uh, you know, I understand going ahead doing that so they don't even think they have a shot to get a peek, but still, you know, I don't want them nowhere or know how. Number three, keep lights on inside and outside the home. Use motion detectors for outside lighting. Yeah, all the shit like to scurry away into the dark, so when the light comes on, sometimes that might scare them away. Number four, get to know your neighbors. Yeah, see, this guy, Israel, his neighbor was watching out for him. So, uh, you know, he helped him out there. So yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta know the people around you, you know. And there again, some of them might be some of these goddamn creeps, but you know you gotta get to know them. The ones you can trust, like say you gotta take a trip or something, and you want them to watch over the property and that kind of shit. Yeah, it comes in handy. But man, I tell you, you just never know. So again, you better pack some heat at home. Like I said, shotgun to the face. Solves that problem. Anyway, all of those are sound advice when it comes to keeping your family safe from those who might do them harm. The good news is that other than the cameras, almost all those options to improve your home security can be accomplished for little or no money. Be safe. Well, I still come back to, yes, you guessed it, Shotgun to the face. Now, this motherfucker deserved that, because look what he was doing. Do you think it's just an accident that he happened to be looking into the kids' room's window? Hell no. 
That's why he went there all alone. Odds are this piece of shit's been spying on the home for quite a while and figured out where the kids are. That's what he did. So, I'm just upset that no one caught him with a shotgun to the face. But, in the meantime, yeah, you gotta be on the lookout for these pieces of shit. For the Bayou Crime Report, I am Red Nickerton, reminding you Keep your goddamn holes clean. The Bayou Crime Report is a presentation of Nelson Productions. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. You know, they had to make a show, and, uh, well, they did. Yeah, they did. At least it was a show that had balls.